gentlemen, good morning and welcome back. Thanks for joining us for another live episode of 80s Wrestling the Podcast. And as wrestling fans, we all have our favorite moments from years gone by. And some of our favorite moments don't even take place in the ring. They take place out of the ring. And if we close our eyes real tight and think back to those moments, it may not be our favorite wrestler's voice that we're hearing. It might be the other guys, the commentators, the ring announcers, the guy conducting the interviewers. They play just as big a part in our love for sports entertainment as the wrestlers themselves. Today's conversation is all about the voices of 80s wrestling, those voices that brought the action to life for us. Who was your favorite announcing duo? Who was your favorite ring announcer? Who conducted the best interviews? That's all part of today's conversation. My name is Jumpin' Jay, and right now I'm going to throw it ringside to hear from the maestro of the microphone, none other than Tommy the Talker Fierro. Good morning, Tommy. What's going on, brother? Jumping Jay, good morning. Happy Thursday to you. Happy Thursday to everyone listening all around the globe to another live edition of 80s Wrestling, the podcast. It's going to be a fun one today. We are going to talk about the voices of 80s wrestling. And, man, there's a lot of voices, Jumping Jay, a lot of voices uh, that we're going to talk about today. And you're right. It's not just, you know, the the commentary team. It's also – who is backstage interviewing? Who is the mouthpieces on the microphone of the rest uh, the managers that were doing the talking for the guys? I mean, there's a lot of moving parts to today's topic, but it's going to be a fun one. So anyone at home that wants to call in and join in our conversation about the voices of 80s wrestling, our telephone number is area code 516-595-8295. Again, that's 516 516- Five nine five two nine five. We're talking Heenan Monsoon, Piper, and Vince McMahon. We're talking Gorilla Monsoon and Jesse the Body Ventura, Lord Alfred Hayes, Howard Finkel, Sean Mooney, Craig the George, and of course we can't forget Mean Gene Oakland. So many voices of the '80s. We're going to talk all about them right now. To make for a exciting edition of '80s Wrestling, the podcast today. That's right, Tommy, and this uh, subject matter was actually chosen by one of our listeners, a friend of the show, Firefighter Brian. So if there's any listeners out there and you have an idea, a topic, and you want to discuss live on our podcast, feel free to reach out to us uh, via social media. We'd love to hear your ideas and thoughts. Today is a good one because like Randy Orton, we hear voices in our head. And we're going to start this conversation uh, by kicking off with the guy who seems to always kick off these conversations our friend from Chico, California. It's Babyface Brian. Brian, good morning. And tell me, what voices do you hear? Hey, Jay, and hey, Tommy. It's good to talk to you guys again. Um, I, uh, the voice of, um, of Bobby Heenan and Gorilla Monsoon would be, you know, probably my favorite duo to listen to now if I'm just, like, kicking back and watching some random episode. Those would be the two guys that I'd probably get the most uh, entertainment out of. And then... Uh, you know, as a kid, it just seemed like more angles happened on Superstars. So when I'd be watching Superstars, having Vince and uh, and Jesse on the screen primarily, those two, uh, it just felt like there was more likely to be a run-in or be a title change or something big happening since that was kind of the, the main um, program that they had, the top syndicated show that they had every week. So uh, 
Uh, those would be, as a kid, it would probably would have been Jesse and Vince that I'd be looking forward to listening to just because I thought it was more likely to see something happen. And now it would be uh, Bobby and Gorilla. And, uh, of course, to to take Gorilla and Jesse and put them together for most pay-per-views, that just made it, it kind of heightened this, you know, the special feeling of a pay-per-view and made you know that you were listening to uh, or, you know, watching an event that was uh, the biggest type of the year where they'd uh, – take you know one of each of those guys and then uh howard finkel as a ring announcer of course gave us all you know that that big uh match feel um I, he's he'd be the top of the list ring announcer wise for me and then um the guys in between the match segments on the syndicated programs like uh mean gene with update or mean gene and killer ken announcing the cards at the upcoming shows at the arenas you know my ears would perk up here and them and, and wondering what was going to happen at the next uh, live show that was close to me. So a uh, lot of uh, signature voices that are just un, un, you know, unmistakable when, when you hear them. And, uh, and Vince made the right move when, uh, when he got me and Gene Okerlund and Bobby Heenan both from AWA right before he really kind of kicked off that boom period. That's a couple of key pieces uh, voice wise. And he kind of fell into Jesse and his health problems having to, switch over to announcer um, so uh, a lot of stuff came together at the same time there to have just all these signature un, you know unmistakable voices being the, the sounds of our childhood or our, our young fandom for for a lot of us that were a lot of the guys that are a little older than us even so a uh, nice topic um, go 49ers against the uh, Giants tonight we'll see what happens and Slow down one second. That's right. That's right. Tonight's the yep. night. Tonight's the yep. night. Your team, babyface Brian, against my team. Now listen, what's the spread on the on that game? Do you do you, do you know it off the top of your head or no? I don't. Um, yeah, the spread would be the way to bet it. But uh, I well, would get, if I'm, I'm, I'm going to guess. If you if you be if you be fair enough, if you be fair enough to give me the spread, let's see what. Hold on, let me look. I'm, I'm in front of my computer right now. One second. Just bear with me one second, Jumper Jay. Let's see what the spread is for tonight's Giants game. One second. Spread. While you're, while you're looking that up, I just want to give condolences to all the uh, Cleveland Brown fans out there. Having your favorite player or one of your top players go down with a gruesome injury, I feel bad for Nick Chubb, and I feel bad for all the Browns fans out there. It's a real uh, – it's really heartbreaking when you have a key player go down with injury such a, a gruesome way. So – Jumpin' Jay, please stick with him because I'm in a I'm in a, I'm in a place where the Wi-Fi only works every 45 seconds. So if you can hear uh, okay, me one second while I, I pull this up. All right, babyface, I have a question for you. We all know that you love LJN wrestling figures, and we were we were blessed enough to get a really cool Vince McMahon figure in the red blazer holding the microphone. We were also gifted with a phenomenal Mean Gene Okerlund figure as well. We have a Bobby Heenan figure. We got a Jesse Ventura figure, but it's a wrestling version. It's not the announcing version. If you could go back in time, is there another voice from that time period that you think would have made an outstanding LGN figure that they could have added to the line, a commentator, not a, not a wrestler, but a commentator that, that could have been added to the line that you would have been excited about? Yeah, I mean, any of them getting added, I guess. Gorilla Monsoon would be probably top of the list, and it's funny because I've heard the guys that uh, – I've heard different interviews from guys that worked at the LJN factory and they said how nice everybody was. 
that that the one guy that was always bugging them that wanted it in LJN was uh, Gorilla Monsoon. So that kind of uh, it just kind of cracks cracks me up now looking back when you see the primetime wrestling episodes and Bobby Heenan's got his LJN and Gorilla's always got like a little stuffed gorilla or something and to know that he really he really craved having one and just didn't get one I I kind of wish that he'd had one and it would have been cool to have uh, Howard Finkel as well but uh, Gorilla Monsoon by far would have been uh, the best commentator to have an LJN for I, I, I would agree with that. I'm, I'm, I'm back, by the way, and, and I agree with that. That's a very good question, by the way, Jay. Uh, Gorilla Monsoon would have been a, a great choice for an LJN. Uh, yeah, man, I mean, I mean, Mean Gene had one. Bobby Heenan had one. Jesse Ventura had one. You know, Vince had one. So, yeah, it would have been awesome to see a Gorilla Monsoon one. That would be my pick. Now, listen, I just I, I looked up the spread. I got a, I got a really fun uh, – I have a really fun proposition for you. So, the spread is 10 tonight, right? Now, listen, I I know how the Giants played week one. They didn't score one single point against the Cowboys. Uh, They looked much better uh, this past Sunday. So, I I tell you what, it's a 10-point spread. You give me the 10 points tonight, babyface Brian. And, listen, I'm not going to ask for anything on your end. I'm I'm, I'm making this bet because I I believe in my G-men tonight. If the Giants cover that spread, I mean, sorry, if they don't cover the spread, Next week, right here on 80s Wrestling, the podcast, you will be the co-host with Jumpin' Jay, and I will call in as a guest. Next week, if, if the 49ers cover the spread tonight, I will be a caller next week, and you will be the co-host with Jumpin' Jay. Is that a deal? Sure. Yeah, that, and uh, if you... Uh... If it goes the other way, then I'll uh, call in and just have a quick question from my Andre the Giant impression for your Tommy Sheik impression. <laughs> so either way, it'll be fun. No, no, no. If listen, no, no, no. Oh, hold on now. Slow down. If 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 the Giants, if the Giants win with the spread, you're going to give me a call next week right here on the podcast, and you're going to tell me your top fifty favorite all time New York Giants players. <laughs> <laughs> How's that uh, sound? At least I'll have a week to work on it, so I could. You go. Yeah, I, 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 I have to run, run in, through fast. Today. What's that? Let's lock it in. So lock, lock if, it in, if, lock if, it in. If the Forty ers cover the spread, he's the co-host next week. If the Giants beat them with the spread, he has to recite his fifty favorite New York Giants players. Either yeah, way, it'll be, I'll it'll be to, thrilling, thrilling podcast. I'll blast through them. I'll blast through them tonight. We're going to get to a bunch of other callers, but uh, I'll definitely be uh, thinking of you tonight, David Face Brian. Hey, and uh, uh, shout out to your ring announcer for ISPW. He's, he does a real nice job. So, anyway, great, uh, great to keep the voices of wrestling alive, and thank you guys again for uh, letting me call in and talk to you. Have a good weekend. And, Thanks, man. And go for it. Thank you. Yep. Take care. All right. Thank you, Brian. Interesting start to the show, man. Placing bets, and who knows what next week will look like, but either way, it's going to be a fantastic show, and so is today's. We're talking all about the voices of 80s wrestling. We're to keep the conversation going with who I, I think could be affectionately called the ultimate caller to the show. We're talking about Kathy from Cleveland. Kathy, good morning. Oh my Welcome God. to the Voices of 80s Wrestling. <laughs> Oh, wow. Thank you so much, Jay and Tommy. Wow. I have my own. Hey, that, here, here's that Ultimate Warrior fans <laughs> up in Jay. 
Yes, exactly. Yes. That's why I call, that's why we reference her as the ultimate caller. She's the ultimate I love uh, it. ultimate warrior fan. Yes. Kathy, good morning. How I are you? I am doing well. I just had my birthday a few days ago, so I'm Well, happy birthday still, to yeah. you. Happy birthday. Thank you. Thank you so much. I appreciate that. Had some sushi and brownies and lots of other goodies and so yeah, it was a good time and I just want to say really quick that was so nice of Brian to mention the Cleveland Browns and, you know, Nick Tubbun. <laughs> that was, yeah, that was very, uh, very devastating. I mean, we don't, you know, win a lot, but that was just, uh, yeah, that, that was nice of him to, to bring that up just to, you know, as a reference. Real, real quick, Kathy, before, yeah. before you give us your uh, opinion on today's topic, who are you yeah. be rooting for tonight? Will it, will it be the 49ers or the Giants? Oh, my gosh. You know, oh, I don't want to get heat here for anybody. I know. Uh, I know. See? See? What do I say? Uh, you know, I'm going to pick the Giants. So, I'm just going right. to with that. <laughs> just, you know, because, yeah, 49ers. Uh, I got to stick to a team that's kind of closer where I am. So, we'll we'll just go there with that. Go. But, yeah. Yeah, but back in the day, you know, with football, like Sunday, Monday night, now we've got Thursday night, and I don't know, it's probably on all the time. I don't know. <laughs> so, but it is what it is. But, yeah, this is a great topic, and I, you know, I I agree with what Brian said. Just, um, But what I want to say, too, is, you know, it was just so funny, and they were just so fun to listen to and um i i wanted to share of course it has to do with warrior but it is funny um because i know you guys talked about the heenan family and all of that with bobby and i couldn't call in for that when i was gonna but i didn't and he was an bobby was announcing and i had to get his name right because some of these other guys i wasn't too familiar with and i i had to look them up but anyway his name was um I don't see it here. Oh, uh, Rod Trungard. And I had to look him up because I wasn't sure. Well, he was announcing this match um, that it was Warrior against um, Honky Tonk Man. And, you know, and they just, they had the banter too in there going back and forth. And Honky was trying to get off like um, one of the, they called it the bicep straps that like Warrior would wear, the tassels. And that he couldn't get off and whatever. And so Bobby's going on and on about that. And he goes, oh, you know, next time bring your own or something like that. And you guys can look this up. I have this match. But then Rod says something about, like, you know, when, when they would have different things and people probably reference to them cheating. But then he says, oh, those trunks hold a lot, don't they? And Bobby says, no one's going to reach down there and check them. And the first time I heard that, I thought, oh, my God. Did he really say that? And maybe nobody cares. <laughs> but I just thought, were there like no censors? Like, and you know, this was on the DVD I have, so I didn't, you know, hear it at the time when he first said that. But just comments like that and things that he'd say, and his banter with Gorilla was just unmatched. Like, there's just no. We were just, you know, literally just tearing up from everything they would say, and I loved Vince with Jesse. 
And, um, yeah, and I should, I would think there should be a, a figure of, of Gorilla because, like, our generation, well, I don't mind, um, yeah, we know him more as a commentator, and, and that, mm-hmm. that would be awesome. Um, and even, like, Mean Gene, you know, he he would have these just hilarious, like, little one-liners, and especially his stuff with Bobby. Again, he would call, like, um, Colossal Connection, I think that was just, he called him, like, colonoscopy or said something like that it was so funny and bobby goes what did you call them he says colossal connection and he goes no you didn't (laughs) it was just the delivery it was just like how they were and it's silly stuff like maybe today people would not find that funny i do i still think it's hilarious today and it's just little 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 things like that that just made such a difference and and there were so many like wrestlers who would announce Randy, you know, had his brief stint. And I know superstar Billy Graham was hillbilly Jim. Um, mm-hmm. I think even, yeah, Jim Neidhart, he announced a couple, but I think for some of them, they were filling in for Bobby cause he'd have to go down and manage somebody probably like Rick Root or somebody. And then he'd have to come back. And, and back then it was not three people like they transitioned to as years went on. So that was like awful because then he was all, get out of my seat kind of thing. <laughs> like, because it's for the two of them, you know, and not three. And so that that was funny too. And they would just say all those things. And, you know, Tony Schiavone was there for part of that. And I forgot that he was there like in the late mm-hmm. 80s. And, and I know Sean Mooney on his podcast, he, he always referenced how much fun he had working with Lord Alfred Hayes like the two of them together and they, they just did a lot of matches and stuff like that together. And um, so, yeah, it was just so comical and which is something that, and I know they had to switch that up and, you know, go a different way, but that's just what made us watch. And we, my brother and I, especially, we would talk more about that. We'd have our own banter going back and forth. You got to have like someone for the good guys, someone for the bad guys. And so, we would always do that and just make fun of two of them and or Gorilla and Bobby more so. And so, yeah, I, yeah, I echo a lot of what Brian said and, but there were so many. And like you guys said, it's all the moving parts that, that you need to make it work. So great, great memories. And I'm, I'm glad that you guys did this topic today. So thanks for, for doing that and for letting me call in. I appreciate it. Well, we appreciate you, Kathy. Thank you for calling in and adding to the conversation. Hey, Kathy, happy yeah. birthday, by the way. I hope that you had a great Thank day. You. I did. I did. Thank you so much. Yeah, it was a lot of fun, a lot of well-wishers and yummy food. And, yeah, so my last like, like few days of summer here. So my birthday's still technically in the summer. <laughs> Nice. Well, you have a great you have a great rest of your birthday week, and as always, we appreciate you calling up. We'd love to get your point of view. Man, she's way smarter than a lot of our guy callers. So I'm gonna say 100. Ah. <laughs> wow! Thank you so much for the compliment. Yeah, I do. I do know my history. I just have to get some of it straight, and I do make notes because if I don't make notes, then I get all flustered and all that. And I'm a writer, so I got that in me. And so, yeah, I, I do know quite a bit. It's just I was a little older. Some of you guys were, so I wasn't that little child. So I think I got it a little better from that, you know, standpoint. But, yes, I appreciate your comments. Thank you so much. <laughs> all right. You. Thank you so much, Kathy. And we hope to hear from you in a future episode very soon.
Yes, I will be calling back for sure. Thanks, guys. You have a great rest of your week, too. You, too. Thank you so much. Kathy brought up some great points about the the comedy that we were privy to as viewers back in the day. And I know a lot of people, I'm not going to pretend I know the ins and outs of the industry. You know, you hear the criticism that maybe the announcers nowadays are overproduced. They have somebody talking in their headset. They're kind of told what to say, a little bit more scripted. And you got to think back, back when we were watching, there was nobody feeding those kinds of lines to Bobby Heenan or to Grilla Monsoon or Mean Gene Okerlund. These guys were that talented that they were coming up with this stuff on the fly, on the spot. And that's, I think, what made it connect so, so much with us fans. That it just seemed real and authentic to who these individuals were. Absolutely, man. And, and, and again, we can go on every episode and just talk the whole time about Bobby the Brain Heenan and how great he was and how witty he was. But you're right, man. Back then, those guys were a different breed. They were a different animal. They were a different species. Because, again, even though they're not wrestlers, these, these guys are coming up through the systems, right? So, like, it wasn't just WWE for a lot of these guys. I mean, Mean Gene came from AWA. Bobby the Brain Heenan was in a lot of places before the WWF. So the, these guys that were doing this commentating, for the most part, they had years and years and years and years of experience in our industry surrounded by people that knew way, way, way much more than they did and were able to learn from them. Where today, you know, a lot of these, you know, backstage announcers or commentators or what have you of the entertainment industry. And I think that we should stick on this topic for a minute and just talk about the difference between commentating and backstage announcing then as to what it is compared to now. And back then, again, uh, Michael Cole does an outstanding, magnificent, phenomenal job. And and so does a lot of the other guys uh, that are still doing commentating in the business. I'm not just talking about WWE right now. I'm talking about AEW. I'm talking about, you know, all the other promotions as well. These guys do a great job. But I, I think that what you see a lot of now is the guys that are breaking in now are not necessarily coming from independent wrestling or different promotions. They're coming from other walks of of entertainment. And uh, I think back then it was just a different animal. They, you were, they were producing the majority of their guys through different wrestling outlets. So it's it's a, it's a unique dynamic what what it is now compared to what it is then. No, you're absolutely right. And uh, recently I read Jim Ross's first, I think it was his first autobiography, Slobberknocker. And there's chapters in there about when he would conduct backstage interviewers when he was first getting into the business and how difficult of a thing that was because you'd have a room full of wrestlers waiting their turn to kind of pre-tape their talk. They might be grumpy. They might be, you know, uh, tired from traveling. They might just be upset at having to be there on their day off. And so to really produce and come across and be excited about what you're saying was a challenge day in and day out. And so when you think how, how well it was when we were kids to see guys like me and Gene Oakland conduct the behind the scenes interviews and how authentic and how energetic it all seemed and how some of those made for the most memorable um, promos that, that, that ever existed. I mean, there, there's promos that we reference today when we're talking smack to our friends that came from eighties wrestling. And so, yeah, it was a different breed of animal. They were entertainers through and through. Uh, and that's why we're still talking about 
not just the wrestlers, but the, the interviewers, the, the voices so many years later, because they simply set that bar so high that it's been really hard for other people to, to live up to what kind of entertainment we were treated to uh, as fans back in the day. We're going to keep this conversation rolling, Tom. We've got lots of callers. Up next, we're going to sh- take a short walk on a Long Beach, out to Long Beach, California, to check in with HVAC Matt. Matt, good morning to you, sir. Welcome to the Voices of 80s Wrestling. Morning, guys. How are you doing good today, man? Oh, man, I can't wait. I've been waiting all week for this. Well, we're excited so, to have you, brother. What are the voices that you remember? What stuck out to you as a fan? Well, I'm going to start out with this. We'll see if you guys can recognize this. It looks like two carp going for the same piece of corn in the river, McMahon. <laughs> I would throw out Jesse Ventura based on that, but I'm not 100% sure. Tommy, what say you? You know, I'm not 100%. I would say Ventura, too, if I had to. It was from Uncle Elmer's wedding on Saturday night's main event when Uncle Elmer and Joyce kiss oh. and Ventura. And he goes, it looks like <laughs> That's hilarious. That's one of the that that is absolute art, and I mean the commentary that Jesse gave on that one, and and I've listened to Jesse talk about that, and McMahon told him prior to that show, be brutal, and some of the things he says, like that's like I rewatched it last night, and I'm just I oh my god, dude. I mean he goes, can you imagine waking up in the morning? And that's laying across from you. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, no. Um, Jesse, to me, I mean, he just, he was so quick and, and, and it's so good. And just so, I mean, it was fun having a heel um, perspective. Um, Yes. Nothing, you know, it just, you got to counterbalance. And whether it was McMahon and Jesse, um, I personally always preferred Gorilla Monsoon and Jesse. Um, and I love Gorilla Monsoon. And as a kid, he taught me a lot of words because, you know, you'd never heard like, you know, oh, it's pandemonium breaking loose in the cow palace. You know, pandemonium. I don't know what pandemonium is, you know. Or, or you know, if he'd say Good something call, like man. this, you know, Good he'd call, say this is, an ab- you know, he'd go, this is an absolute happening, you know. And you're like, wow, this is an absolute happening. I mean, he just... Can you imagine if Gorilla would have done, like, baseball or football, maybe? He could have done it. I I think Monsoon was that good. Absolutely. Very gifted talker, was able to uh, paint pictures of what was taking place in the ring. It's interesting because we're watching the matches as, as they're announcing it, but the way they announce it and bring the action to life elevated what we were seeing in the ring. And not just anybody can do that. You're absolutely right, HVAC. It takes a special talent, and he had that talent. He said once, and this is kind of from the 90s, it was when Owen Hart, uh, it was a weird fluke, and it was a lumberjack match, and they, they saw, he thought he won the, the world championship belt. Um, and it's towards the end of Monsoon announcing, and, and they have all this confusion that's going on, and he's just like, we'll get this sorted out. He goes, here comes Pat Patterson coming to the ring. And then he kind of goes quiet. He goes, did you see Pat Patterson? Jesus, has he let himself go. <laughs> it's hard <laughs> to find that clip, and it's really funny. Um, but <laughs> moving 
moving on real quick, uh, a couple of things I just want to hit on. Um, Bruno San Martino on Superstars or Challenge, whatever that was. Mm, I don't know. He kind of played like kind of the role of like the lovable idiot. I mean, mm-hmm. he just, you know, he kept, you know, I don't know. I mean, he was he was cool. I mean, as a kid, you're like, okay, it's Bruno. Uh, you know, but he, he brought something to the table. And, you know, his little the counterbalance, you know, was kind of cool between, you know, because him and Ventura would go back and forth. Um, and Lord Alfred Hayes. Kind of, you know, Lord was he was cool. I mean, he he's he was fun. The one guy, and of course Bobby Heenan, but we've already we always hit on Bobby. I mean, there's you can't touch that. Um, Roddy Roddy Piper, um, when he kind of stepped in for a while. I love Hot Rod. Don't get me wrong; nobody loves him as much as I do. But on the mic, for me, it just was a little too much. And I know I might get some heat for this. But it just was too much yelling, too much screaming. And it just, I don't know, I, for me it's hard because Piper, for me, always was a heel. And when Piper would cheer for the good guys, I don't know, just never, I don't know. I don't know. Well, I don't know what you guys think. but No, I, I respect your I respect your point of view. I think that, uh, that, yeah, the way you see it is the way you see it. And I liked Rowdy Piper on, uh, on Commentator, but I can see your point. He's allowed... He's a he's a guy whether he's in the ring or at ringside, the attention seems to go to him. He just had that kind of big personality, and so I could see your point where maybe it diminishes a little bit from the wrestlers or the guys in the ring because you're either distracted or your attention might be more on on the sideshow over there than what's going on in the ring. I could see that. Uh huh. So and again, nothing. I love Hot Rod. Just wasn't you know wasn't my favorite. That's that's all. And just when, when Jesse left, I was always a Ventura guy. And when Jesse left, just kind of, I don't know. It just, it was, it was knowing that we were always going to have gorilla and Jesse at WrestleMania was always something special added to the attraction. Um, and, and of course, Vince and Jesse on Saturday night's main event, but, uh, you know, so many great voices and without going, you know, into the nineties too much, you know, it's, it's kind of like Jr. and the King and then gorilla and Jesse. I mean, I go back and forth with my nephew on yeah. that one, and it's tough. I mean, you just – two different generations, you know, why do we even have to say who's better? They're both great. Right. Absolutely. Well said, HVAC. It is – this is generational, but, yeah, both tremendous uh, commentating duos, and, yeah, we've been blessed. We've had some good ones over the years. Absolutely. So – um, I wish I, I, I'm thinking of a topic for a show, but I, if I'm going to give you guys a topic or suggest a topic, I want to make sure it's, it's good. So, um, maybe next week I'll, I'll still be able to think of something. But, hey man, let me ask you before you jump off real quick, let me ask you a quick question. So you, you, yeah. I know that you listen to the podcast a lot. What, what episodes or what type of episodes do you enjoy us talking about the most? Is there any in particular topics or subjects that you prefer? Uh, you know, I had a lot of fun. I've been going through, you know, I'm just like discovering all your guys' stuff. And so I'm going through all the old ones. I just recently got done with the theme music episode, which I absolutely love. That was so good. Oh, that was our favorite. Uh, yeah, that's a hot one. Um, I, and of course, I'm just like, you know, like, oh my gosh, there's so many to go through. And I'm like thinking, I'm like, holy crap, there's, I'm, I'm, I, I, there's, like, for example, one thing I wanted to throw out was the first theme music I ever heard was when Junkyard Dog came out to uh, Another One Bites the Dust. 
I know Gravity Case is great, but that's the first song I ever heard of speed music. Um, and there's just, you know, that, that, that's, that was that. Um, I liked the manager's episode. Uh, that was a good one too. Uh, I liked the Saturday night's main event episode. Uh, there's just, you know, we could make this a three hour show. I mean, it's just so I easy. Like the, I like, I like guy, Jay. Yeah. So very, very smart. You know, it's just, it's, it's just, you know, it's, 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 it's really cool. I've been waiting for a show like this for a long time and, you know, it's nice. I'm a student of wrestling, but, you know, I've been watching for so long and, you know, I've been like wanting to, to share experiences and listen to other stories for so long and who you guys are. Awesome, man. Well, we appreciate you listening oh, yeah, to the show and please call anytime you can, man. Oh, absolutely, and I appreciate you guys having me on and, and let me share it. Oh, yeah, and the merchandise show, because like you guys, I was fortunate to have a dad who was really into it, and Toys R Us trips, and waking up in the morning, there'd be a surprise LJN figure waiting for me. You know, it's just nice. like, you can't, those are priceless moments. Awesome. I had them all. I had them, I had them all. Um, so... You know, maybe another merchandise episode, or maybe just an episode specifically on LJN figures. I don't know. That might yeah, be man. one. Well, I tell you so, what, if Babyface Brian wins the bet with Tommy, it might be an LJN conversation taking place next week because that guy knows a ton about that line of figures. I and I'm not issuing a challenge, but I'll any day of the week. Let's go. I, I <laughs> let's go. Yeah. I mean, we'll, we can talk about variants. We can tie anything. You good? Let's go. Let's 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 do it. Well, we'll have to do that topic sometime down the line soon. Because yeah, that would I would love to hear your guys' take on the line and and yeah, because variants are a very big thing in the collecting world when it comes to LJNs. And some people acknowledge the variants, some people ignore the variants. It's a very interesting line of figures for collectors. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Yeah. Whether you're talking Corporal Kirshner or SD Jones. I mean, you know, they're they're out there, and you know, so and the favorite type of collectors, that's just what they focus on. Um, but uh, you know, that would that would be a fun one. And uh, this week, I'll try and think of a couple other maybe uh, potential topics for a show. Sounds good, H. Back. Thank you so much for calling in, brother. Love you guys. Uh, keep it up, and uh, we'll talk to you later. Sounds we love good. you, brother. Thank, Thank you, sir. man. All right, this conversation. Either one way, listen, one way or another, one way or another, next week will be LJN Madness. Oh, he's calling it. The podcast. Let's do it. Will it be me or Babyface Brian, though? That's the thing. Because remember, I own the Wrestling Collector, so I know a thing or two also about uh, LJN figures. So that that just makes the challenge tonight even more hotter because – if, if if they cover the spread tonight, Babyface Brian will be the host of LJN Madness with you next week. And if not, he's going to call him like he always does. Well, I look forward to that topic. And right now, I'm looking forward to our next caller. He's the gentleman that penned this topic, cemented it in stone, and it's the reason we're talking about the voices of 80s wrestling. It's time to head down to the firehouse and talk to the one and only firefighter Brian. Brian! Good morning. Welcome to your show topic. Good morning, gentlemen. How are you? Doing very Good well, morning. sir. How are you doing? Can't complain. I'm doing a lot better now that it's Thursday, and we're talking about the voices of 
wrestling, and uh, I, I figured this would be a fun uh, topic to talk about, and so far it hasn't disappointed, and hopefully I add to it. Um, I just, uh, listen, I'm getting right to it because there's a lot I want to say about uh, this topic. Uh, but just to uh, respond to HVAC about Piper, you know, I think what the problem was, but you got to remember, Piper's career started as a, com- as a commentator, a color commentator out in Oregon, and he was phenomenal. And I just think too much time in the ring and as a main event star um, kind of made him forget when you're a commentator, your job is to put the wrestlers over, not yourself. And I think that's where he made the mistake. And I think, um, like, when Warrior got shoved into the casket, okay, I that was a – like I said, that traumatized me, and I was 12 years old. I was watching with my brother in kindergarten. I can't imagine what he was going through. But um, – you know, you had Vince, Macho Man, and Piper doing the commentary on that. And it was just three, too much pers- personality. Three big, loud personalities. Just a little too much. You know, it was just like um, get, having a huge ice cream sundae followed by a huge cake. It's just too much. But um, so I think uh, I got my top and my top five teams. The two guys that need to be mentioned, need to be showcased, okay? The two biggest voices of 80s wrestling, Gene Okerlund and Howard Finkel. Gene Okerlund, he made the interview. Hulk Hogan will tell you. Gino, if it weren't for Gene Okerlund, there wouldn't be any of us. He monitored those interviews. He would shoot those interviews, you know, 20 at a time. It, you just told them where they it was gonna where the show was gonna be and when and who and he would know it. I mean he was um, and the sad thing is and Jay you bring this up everything is so scripted. These backstage reporters they have now all they they give them no volume no body no personality nothing to sink your teeth into. And oh, please welcome my guest at this time whoever and they and they always get cut off. And when there's an interview, even if they don't get cut off, somebody cuts off the wrestler and, they, uh, and the interviewer leaves with the microphone. If she's leaving with the microphone and we can hear the wrestlers, why didn't we have the microphone to begin with? It's crap like this. This is driving me crazy in today's wrestling. Um, and the sad thing is they have somebody, Jackie Redman, who if you watch her cover the NHL and even MLB, Dare I say, she has the tools to be the female Gene Okerlund, and they're completely wasting her. Um, But Gene Okerlund, rest in paradise, nobody better. Um, And Howard Fenkel, I always knew that those three types of ring announcers, before Howard, after Howard, and Howard. And when I've done some ring announcing, and when I became a ring announcer, um, I realized even more just how good Howard was. Howard's one of my all-time favorite personalities. Uh, before I get to my top five, anything you guys want to say or want to add to it? You know, you can't argue with Howard Finkel or, or Mean Gene Okerlund. Those guys are uh, – they set the bar. Those guys, uh, no one will ever touch 
the, the skills that they had in their respective positions. And so when you start off by saying those two names, I mean, there's really nothing to add except I second your motion. <laughs> okay. Sounds good, man. So I, and, um, yeah, yeah, but both are in the Wrestling Observer Hall of Fame, rightfully so. And, uh, yes, yeah, like you said, the, uh, it, it, you know what, Jay, never say never. But probably not, because everybody is just so limited as to what they can do nowadays. And it's very unfortunate. And um, the guys that I'm about to bring up in my top five, these were guys that were not limited, that did not have a straight jacket on them, that were not scripted. And look how much magic was made. So here's my top five. Number, number one, they'll say Gordon Soley, but I won't argue with anybody who says Jim Ross. I think any list of commentators – has to start with either Ross Soley or Soley Ross. And Any Ross, other would, way, Ross would say Soley himself. Yeah. yeah. Uh, well, because he's modest. You can't, you can't really go by that. Modesty is preventing him from saying himself. You know, so, uh, but yeah, oh, absolutely. The reason I say Soley, he treated it like ath- real athletic competition. And that's what I miss. And, I love the way he called matches. He influenced Jim Ross. Jim Ross was a was brilliant at adding the exclamation point. No matter how big a moment was, Foley going off the cell into a table, with God as my witness, he's been broken in half. Could you, anybody come mm-hmm. up with a better line to follow a moment like that? So, uh, Soli Ross, number three, Bobby Heenan, the greatest color commentator of all time, you don't need to scream, I'm not blind. Um, and with, uh, number four, oh, God. And I, let me just say this quick. They're in the 93 Rumble, okay? In the middle of the Rumble, Giant Gonzalez comes out. And the first thing I'm thinking, oh, fuck me. Did El Gigante <laughs> is here? Monsoon and Heenan saved that moment, Okay. He kept asking Monsoon. Monsoon kept saying, well, why don't you know who he is, Mr. Broadcast Journalist? And he kept asking, who is this man? And to the point where Gorilla just loses his mind and says, I don't know. It was, <laughs> doesn't get better than that. And they'll be talked about in my next list. And uh, number four, Lance Russell. It's a shame how many people don't know, uh, don't, uh, don't know much about Lance Russell, but big uh, name in uh, Memphis, Mid-South, and the territories. Um, if you want to know just how great he was, watch the Terry Funk-Jerry Lawler empty arena match. Mm-hmm. The genius of his commentary is what saved that match. Empty mm-hmm. arena matches don't work because the, you need fans, okay? Mm-hmm. He made that work. And uh, number five, well, one of my personal all-time favorites, Joey Styles. And what I loved about Joey was that he did the whole thing by himself. Okay, Joey was best when he was on his own. He was able to do play-by-play. He was able to do color. He was able to do it all. And I was fortunate to go to a lot of ECW shows. And when he would come out, he would get one of the biggest pops of the night. Mm. And um, I'll just stay six through ten. I won't explain them. Six, Ventura. Se- mm-hmm. Excuse me. Six. Uh, yeah, six, Ventura. Seven, Monsoon. Eight, Mike Tanay. Nine, Vince McMahon. And ten, I'll get – there's a lot of ways you can go with ten. Ten, I'll give to Bob Cottle, the very underrated voice of mm. NWA. 
and various territorial promotions. Um, before I get the top five teams, anything you guys want to say about my top five, top ten? Agree, disagree? Hey, man, I, I, I would say that I think they're all good, all valid, good points. I, I like that you threw Bob Cottle in that top ten. Uh, most times, and yes. we're guilty of this ourselves, is that uh, me and Jay, we talk primarily about WWF, WWE, and we don't give that much love into the NWA, which we should. Uh, it's not that we do it on, we don't do it intentionally, just that for me, I grew up on WWF. But yes, those names should definitely, five zillion percent, uh, be brought up in the conversation. And, and you can look back at Smoky Mountain Wrestling, uh, USWA, like you said, there's so many different names and territories. Uh, Portland, you know, I mean, all kinds of different territories. We can name so many different play-by-play and commentators that we just never even brought up today, which definitely should be in the conversation. So I'm, I'm happy that you brought up a lot of those names. It is your, your topic today because uh, those names definitely need to be uh, brought up and mentioned. So good job. But, well, I, I appreciate that, Tommy. And you know what? It's just a shame. You know, like when Jerry Lawler was getting inducted into WWE Hall of Fame and they asked him who he wanted to induct him, he said, I want Lance Russell to do it. And they shot it down and they made William, of all the people, William Shatner. I mean, come, I hate when celebrities do it. It's just, it's a slap to, it's a slap to a lot of people, a lot of things. So uh, with that, let me do my top five teams, and then uh, that'll be it for me. You've given me a lot. You've given us all a lot of time today. That's what I love about you guys. So, uh, okay, top five uh, uh, combinations of all time. Number one is, of course, Mons- uh, Heenan Monsoon. Then number two, I'm going to say Monsoon Ventura. Mm-hmm. Number three, Ventura McMahon. And it's mm-hmm. kind of like a chain here. Um, number four, I'll say uh, Ross Lawler. And number five, I'll say Soli Cottle. And I know a lot of newer fans who aren't really familiar with uh, uh, Soli Cottle. They might get bored by it, uh, by them. That kind of wrestling, unfortunately, didn't stand the test of time, you know, compared to fans that are getting into it in the last 20 years. But uh, the people like me who grew up on it, it's just, they, they, were just, they were just terrific. And, uh, you know, nothing can beat the chemistry and the magic that Heenan and Monsoon, you know, Mm. created together. Um, You know, Ventura and Monsoon were very creative, but it was more wrestling and entertainment. They combined it. So, Mm. um, you know, those are my uh, top five teams. Uh, What do you guys think? Anybody you guys would add, delete? Uh, What do you guys think? No, I think it's a fantastic list. I... uh... You know, Vince McMahon made your top ten list as well as one of the duos for your top five. And I just think yes. it's, it's amazing how talented that guy was. And maybe he doesn't – I mean, he gets the credit for being a mastermind. He gets credit for building an empire. But when you think about at that time when he's trying to blow this thing up to, to worldwide entertainment, him on the microphone, I mean, that probably distracted him from other things he could have been doing, but he was able to focus on it and – he stands the test of time. He's one of our favorite voices from this generation. And then you have to give credit to guys like Jesse Ventura because you're not just sitting across from a colleague. You're sitting across from the guy that writes the checks. And so there's a little bit of added pressure to be doing commentary alongside the boss. And even though we didn't know he was the boss at that time, Jesse Ventura certainly did. And so I think the fact that he made both your lists is just a testament 
to some of the talent that Vince McMahon has that we don't necessarily credit him often enough on that side of the talent pool. We, we credit him with building the monster that is WWE, but we don't necessarily recognize his skills. One, is an announcer, and then two, he's one of the most hated villains uh, of all time during that Attitude Era, and so I like that he ended up on both your lists. I, I appreciate it. You know, uh, Vince, the reason I put Vince on both lists, Vince uh, doesn't get the credit he deserves as a commentator because, like you said, He's known as, you know, the, the most brilliant mind in the history of the business and in the discussion for greatest heel in the history of the business. As a commentator, what I loved about him is he put everybody over, no matter who they were, okay? Outback Jack, T.L. Hopper, whoever, Bastion Booger, whoever. He made them look like a million bucks, and that's your job as a commentator to put your, and I learned that as a ring announcer, Put the wrestlers over, not yourself. And he did that. I mean, him as the owner was always wrestling's worst kept secret. We all knew he, he owned the place, but he did a good job disguising it. So uh, with that, you know, if you have any calls, I'll let you go to them. But uh, listen, guys, thanks for the time. Thanks for the discussion. And most of all, thanks for letting me choose the topic. And uh, next week, LJN's looking forward to that. And, uh, You guys have a good one, and I will hopefully talk to you guys next week. Hey, thank you so much, Firefighter Brian, for picking the topic and for chiming in. It's been a great conversation this morning, and I know that next week's big LJN uh, conversation will be just as good. Tommy, we got one last caller, and this must mean uh, the strike is over. The boycott is on pause because we have waiting in the wings, none other than Toto with Tom who, as we discussed last week, was taking a sabbatical from calling in. He was withholding uh, our five-star caller until we got Richard Holiday booked on this very podcast. But uh, rejoice, the boycott has been lifted because right now it's time for Toto with Tom. Tom, good morning, sir. Welcome back to the program. I still would be on sabbatical if it wasn't for these idiot callers. Do they not understand that this is a one-hour show? Last week, I had to listen to Columbo for 10. You know how I know it was 10 minutes? Because I'm an idiot myself. I went back and listened to it again. He was on for 10 (laughs) minutes last week. This guy's on for 10 minutes. Then you got some newbie out of California from some company called HVACs. And he's dictating what we're going to be doing as far as topics go? This is not fair to Toto with Tom. And now Babyface Brian may be a co-host next week? You guys are shitting on Toto with Tom. Do you realize who I am? I am the number one caller on Busted Open. And I lower myself to call this show week to week. And this is how I'm treated? And where is Richard Holiday? And where is the show next week that's supposed to be on ISPW 25? Now we're talking about dolls? You guys got a lot to answer for. Uh, Richard Holiday is actually at WWE's uh, performance center this week in tryouts. He was, un- he was unavailable uh, this week. And, and, and you're right, I totally forgot about uh, next week's. Uh, preview show because I got so riled up with this LJN discussion, but uh, the Giants, listen, 
Uh, one way or another, I'll be talking about ISW 25 next week. You've got to call in myself with you, Tom. We'll call in on three-way. We'll be on the same page uh, promoting next week's show if we have to. Wait, did you just say Richard Holiday is trying out with the WWE? That's, that's breaking news right here. That is what he said. What? 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 What, what does that mean for ISPW? We, we, we can't we can't lose him. We'll, we'll find out all those answers and more next week. ISW 25, right in your hometown, the Totoa PAL, Totoa, New Jersey. Tickets are available now, ISPWWrestling.com. Sergeant Slaughter will be in the house along with Marty Janetti, and the main event will be for the ISW heavyweight title. It will be... Richard Holiday with Dave LaGreca defending the title against the superstar Danny Morrison, who just recently, Jay, announced he was putting his career on the line. If he can't capture the ISW title next Friday night, he will retire from professional wrestling. So a new big added stipulation to that big main event match next week for ISW 25. Man, things are getting heavy, and uh, I mean, Total with Tom's a huge Richard Holiday fan, and so I understand your concern for SPW, but Total is, is a big fan of his. You got to be excited that he's a, he's having a tryout with the, with the big leagues. He deserves it, or he's earned it rather. He he doesn't deserve it; he's earned it. Um, but but this new stipulation about Danny, so there's a possibility that. Danny's not going to be a part of ISPW anymore after the next show. And then there's another possibility that shortly thereafter, ISPW might lose Richard Holiday to the WWE. Are, are, are there any other promotions out there that Total with Tom can start watching? Listen, I am just, I am in awe of, I mean, you called in riled up. There was a fire lit, and then that balloon has been deflated. I can hear the angst in your voice as you're concerned about the future of ISPW. But, Tommy, you can speak on this. I got a feeling ISPW's future is very bright and very strong, and there are great things to come. As long as I'm in charge of it, it is. So rest easy, Total Tom. Tommy Fierro's at the wheel. Yes, I'm going to have to regroup. I will listen to next week's show and see how terrible it is if Babyface is in charge and if Columbo speaks for another 20 minutes and some newbie from California starts making demands and you guys start bending over for him. Go to a timeout. Man, you took you you let all the air out of his balloon. Uh, Let me Tommy tell you something, Hero. man. You successfully uh, de-escalated the situation. He, he wouldn't get away with that shit on Busted Open. So if you're still no, we are very, for that, Tom. You wouldn't get. You wouldn't, you wouldn't get. You wouldn't get. Uh, you wouldn't be allowed to do that shit on Busted Open. So you ain't gonna be able to do that in here no more either. Yeah, we're very. We're a very generous show. We like it. We view it more as a roundtable discussion of thoughts and just a gathering of wrestling, uh, of fandom. And so, yeah. I've enjoyed today's conversation, Tommy. The voices of Ian's yes, wrestling. Listen, that was a, it was a great topic, and people have, um, you know, we agree on a lot of the voices, but we just we view it from a different angle sometimes. And so I, I appreciate everyone that called in and shared their angle with us. Sure, absolutely, man. And, and again, it's like every other conversation we've been having lately. I like strawberry, you like vanilla, and someone else likes chocolate. 
but we can all agree that these names, the majority of them that we brought up today, were the voices of our childhood, whether it be in WWF or NWA or AWA or World Class Championship Wrestling or Smoky Mountain Wrestling or any other territory back in the day. If we didn't mention their name, uh, again, there's only an hour show and we have callers calling in giving their uh, opinions and thoughts as well. So there's a ton of names uh, we did not mention today that should have been mentioned. Our good friend Craig DeGeorge, we didn't get an opportunity to mention him, Sean Mooney. There's so many different names out there that uh, this conversation can be going on for, for several hours. And it rightfully should, so maybe in the future we'll do another episode on it. But Jump and Jay, until then, uh, the stores of the uh, Wrestling Collector – the doors of the wrestling collector must open and uh, New Jersey today uh, will be the home of hopefully a uh, lot of very excited New York giant fans pulling off an upset victory over the San Francisco 49ers. So once again, I can be the co-host of eighties wrestling, the podcast with you next week would be nice to talk all about, our 25th anniversary show that's taking place the following day. But I put that on the line, Jumpin' Jay. I put that on the line for an LJN episode hosted <laughs> by Babyface Brian. So uh, my fingers are crossed, my toes are crossed, and I can talk about our anniversary show next week here on the podcast. If not, it'll be a fun episode of LJN. But until then, Jumpin' Jay, I hope you have a great weekend. I uh, would appreciate you uh, rooting me on tonight because remember, Anytime you can't make the podcast, I always take the week off, right? You're not going to do that. You and your new, your new bestie, Babyface Brian, are all so happy to talk about these big rubber dogs when I want to talk about my anniversary show. Will the Giants win? We'll find out tonight. And will you hear my voice? We'll find out next week on 80s Wrestling, the podcast. <laughs> They're not dogs.